Welcome, dear listener. I'm Louis, your host, and it's my pleasure to welcome you to The Cove, the podcast where we go deep with builders on Solana. This week, we are sliding into the world of multi-sig management with Stepan, co-founder of Squads. Squads is a multi-sig management protocol for Web3 native teams, and they're looking to provide secure multi-sig tooling, allowing teams to manage their treasury, secure their funds, and much, much more. We start from the basics of what a multi-sig is and then go further into the state of DAO tooling on Solana, the topic of program upgradability, and Stepan's take on the recently announced Solana mobile stack. All that and more right after a couple words from our sponsor. Streamflow is the leading token distribution platform on Solana. With Streamflow's token vesting service, you have absolute control over the vesting schedule. Set the dates, add a cliff, set automatic withdrawals so that the vested tokens are dropped right into the recipient's wallet, set notifications to the recipient about the stream status and much more. Streamflow's contracts are audited and already have over 150 million in TVL from some of the strongest teams on Solana. If you're looking to set up vesting contracts, head over to streamflow.finance to get started today. I'm very excited to have Stepan, the co-founder of Squads on today to tell us all about what Squads has been up to, as well as about the DAO ecosystem on Solana. Welcome, Stepan. Thank you. It's uh, great to be here. Yeah, it's great to have you on. Uh, As always, I would love to first hear a little bit about your journey into crypto and just a bit about your background. Sure. Yeah, I I come from a legal background in corporate MA for a few years um, before getting into crypto. I was initially drawn in around 2017, uh, boom, and then kind of got back into it around 2020, specifically looking at governance and looking at the governance space on Ethereum. And uh, around 2021, early 21, uh, learned about Solana, started looking at you know how that was developing, and uh, then joined the Solana Hack Confirmation chat and Discord around, I think it was May 2021, and just you know found a few co-founders, found a few developers to, to join the team, and we kind of were off to, to the races. We celebrated a year of building on Solana just, just a month ago. Nice. I'm curious, before we dive into squads, uh, what was it about crypto and governance in particular that attracted you? Like, was it something to do with your, your previous career? Sure. For, for the last few years of, of doing sort of legal work, um, a lot of it involved, for, for me, sort of managing different corporate structures, uh, helping, you know, organizing sort of MA transactions. And a lot of it involved sort of administrative work, uh, dealing with sending, you know, uh, documents around the world for people to sign them physically and doing other things. And so it kind of always seemed quite inefficient, um, how it was kind of working at the time. And uh, I was curious, like, okay, so this new emerging blockchain space can actually solve some of those, uh, some of those issues that I was dealing with in my sort of legal work. And so um that that's why governance was particularly interesting because it, it seemed to reimagine corporate structures as we know them uh and in my mind like once i dived in um it, it, it's it actually does which is great and so yeah i mean it was mostly inspired by that but then as you kind of dive in and you you know meet all those uh, cool people with monkey avatars it, it kind of becomes uh, more than just yeah trying to reinvent something it feels really new yeah, you can go in many different directions. That segues us nicely into a one sort of solution in this direction, which is squads, uh, which is what you've been celebrating one year with. Could you share uh, what squads is all about? Sure. Um, so squads is a 
multi-sig management protocol that we built on Solana. And it's, it's a protocol that allows anyone to deploy a multi-signature wallet um, on Solana. And a multi-signature wallet is like a key uh, piece of infrastructure for teams, DAOs, protocols um, in, in any ecosystem. And it basically allows you know, a group of people to control on-chain assets together uh, by sort of setting the rules and parameters as, as they see fit. And uh, it, it, it does kind of, uh, in my mind, it, it always kind of seemed like a group bank account or like a, kind of an LLC vehicle that allows you to manage things together. So it kind of always kind of mapped nicely to my, um, to my understanding of, of the legal world. And we kind of implemented the protocol which allows you to deploy them in a very user-friendly way, um, do it quickly, do it cheap. And uh, essentially right now we're kind of focusing on expanding the roster of on-chain assets you can manage with a multi-sig um, as we kind of been uh, from the start. Just to make sure that we're bringing everyone along for the ride who maybe hasn't used a multi-sig wallet before, could you just give like a very brief example of sort of the process of, of maybe doing a transaction or like deploying some capital using a multi-sig wallet? Sure. I think like the, the kind of main use case that we're seeing is like, if you look at the team that's uh, trying to build, you know, a project on Solana, they recently won hackathon or you know they won a grant from an established protocol and they need to accept those you know usdc or sol uh into into somewhere right they can use an individual wallet which is like a phantom they can use a cold wallet like ledger uh or they can do it on ftx on a centralized exchange or you know anywhere else um but uh, the other option is basically you know those three or four founders uh, that are actually working on the project they can set up a multi-signature wallet that can essentially allow um, them to accept those assets into a joint treasury. Uh, and when they spin it up, they can set the rules that, you know, three out of four signatures would allow any transaction to go through. So they receive the grant into their multi-sig and then they need to pay, you know, salary to a contributor. One of them can initiate the transaction. It would kind of pop up for everybody else. As long as three out of four approve, the transaction goes through and the assets are released from the treasury into, you know, the contributor's wallet. Yeah, I think that should that should be pretty clear. Uh, in terms of squads, you said you were celebrating one year. Could you paint a little bit of a picture about how the project came together originally? Yeah, definitely. I mean, for us, when we when we just started, like Solana was pretty early at the time. Um, there wasn't a multi-sig solution. There wasn't any governance solution as well. Uh, and when we joined the hackathon for uh, that Solana did in in May twenty twenty one. The core idea was was much simpler. We tried to be, you know, really, really kind of efficient for the hackathon. And the idea was basically it would be sort of a mobile first group chat with a bank account type solution. So it's kind of like I don't know Telegram with a multi sig. That was kind of the idea. Um, and over over time, um, it evolved to to actually become you know the protocol that we see today. Uh, but yeah, so for that hackathon, we just sourced majority of our contributors uh, on on Discord that also were interested to build something on Solana, uh, particularly like in the sort of governance or uh, sort of collaborative side of things. And uh, that worked out pretty well. We got you know some of our developers that are still with us today were sourced directly from from Discord at the time. My co-founder Sean, uh, we also met through Discord, and then obviously uh, yeah, we talked many many hours and many many weeks and months after. Um, and so it kind of came together. We joined the hackathon, didn't win anything, but for us, it was already sort of a, a big transition where we just decided, okay, we actually want to, want to do this and sort of see it through the end. And, uh, throughout the summer, 2021, uh, we've been kind of building MVP, 
talking to investors, talking to the ecosystem uh, in general, trying to understand like what their needs would be. Um, and by September, we managed to raise our uh, seed round and go full time uh, from September and been building ever since. Uh, while we were sort of figuring out all the necessary aspects of the Molisic that and how we actually want to shape the product, we released a smaller, uh, a smaller tool for the community, which was basically a NFT-based governance. It's it allowed NFT communities to vote on chain, and uh, now we kind of transfer that heritage over to uh, to realms and NSPL governance as they now support NFT voting. And uh, around February, we were kind of almost ready to to launch on mainnet. Some final tests and audits were completed, and then I think February twenty fourth we launched uh, on Solana mainnet, and then yeah, it, it's been just over four months uh, for us, and uh, yeah, I mean it's been a it's been a journey. Uh, like, how has the adoption of multi six been on Solana, and how do you, when you're having conversations with teams um, who are potentially onboarding or creating a multi sig, like, can you uh, share a bit about the the concerns or like what are the sort of what's going through their their mind as they're kind of organizing themselves as they're setting up a multi-sig because it strikes me that until recently there wasn't that many good options on solana and a lot of teams were kind of being a little bit sort of praying for the best in terms of how they were managing themselves so yeah if, if you could paint a bit of a picture of um you know how teams are thinking about multi-sig and how they're approaching squads definitely yeah i think like it's it we're still quite early in that like it's still takes a lot of my time and effort to sort of convey uh, the, the the benefits and the need. Uh, some of the teams that are like more familiar with mo what multi-sigs are, um, they have some of them also have reservations, um, partly like at least before in relation to Solana performance potentially, partly in relation to that there wasn't a standard that's sort of uniquely accepted as the one uh, up until, you know, because like it, it, it does seem interesting because like, up until I think February, there was none, pretty much. There was, I think, only the serum multi-sig. And then slowly over the course of a few months, there's actually a bunch of options now. Uh, and actually, interesting enough, like, each of them is focusing on a different area uh, of, of kind of multi-sig uh, functionality, which is, uh, in my opinion, actually is pretty good because we're kind of exploring, uh, you know, what would fit the ecosystem best and potentially, you know, everybody can maybe eventually find uh, like their use case in the market, which is interesting. Um, but in general, yeah, I mean, when we started, um, there was like a lot of initial inflow of teams and, you know, like NFT communities that used Phantom were not comfortable. There was like this one DAO operator that was holding treasury for everyone. He wasn't sleeping well, he was sweating, right? Like, because it's not, it's not the best uh, sort of setup. And so we had a lot of those guys coming in very early and saying like, we really need this. Um, and then as we were kind of, you know, cause we're visited by Neodyne, we've been on mainnet for a while, our sort of, you know, experience that we provide from a product perspective is also very intuitive. We started working with a lot of, uh, sort of teams on Solana, trying to convince them to start holding their assets on chain. Cause a lot of them still, you know, rely on centralized exchanges, rely on, uh, bank accounts for many as well. Uh, so I think like, um, it's still, it's a process which we've been kind of doing much better at uh over the last few months but this is kind of my you know ongoing work uh, i do like the idea that we're seeing that in the sort of general discourse around sort of twitter and around uh sort of solana community there is a lot more awareness now that that's sort of the best practice and i think like for treasury custody it's pretty clear for for majority now that 
it's you know if it's a team or it's a community or if it's a DAO, it, multi-sig is better than the individual uh, sort of way to cast the assets. And now the ecosystem is kind of realizing that same standard should probably be applied to programs and managing programs because for now majority of programs on Solana are controlled through individual keys. And so it's interesting to see that kind of you know it comes in waves, uh, which I think is. Uh, um, it is great and we're kind of staying on top of it with, uh, with what we're trying to do with squads. Um, but yeah, I mean, it's, it's always about uh, proving the case for self-custody, which I think like Anatoly has been doing on Twitter for a while. Um, but, you know, we're all trying to do this uh, together, right? So I think like it's, it, there's still, still some, some more work to do. Yeah, like call me a hippie, but that is a nice, <laughs> it is a nice part about the Solana uh, the Solana ecosystem in general, that there is a sense of like cooperative um, behavior between different protocols that, you know, at the end of the day, the, we can all sort of succeed together. A, a rising tide can lift all boats because if we achieve what Anatoly says about, you know, a billion people signing transactions every day, then there's no way that, you know, that there's not enough space for everyone to do well. So that is a really positive, a positive element of the ecosystem. I, I, what you're bringing up with the program management, uh, I think that dovetails nicely with the next question, um, which is, yeah, can we unpack the, the multi-sig management piece? Because uh, there's a few different elements to it. So maybe you can kind of outline the different key, key pieces of, of a multi-sig for, uh, for the listener to understand better. Uh, you mean from a kind of architectural perspective or from a sort of use case perspective? Uh, so i uh, like interested in hearing about the, yeah, the, the treasury management side, the program management side, which you just alluded to. Uh, and I mean, if you can, if you can also break that down into how that, how that um, in the end affects the end customer, that would also be. Sure. So I think like the way um, traditional everybody understands multi-sigs is that they are, uh, you know, vehicle to do group custody of a treasury uh, essentially for you know for a team for a DAO for a community so that's like the the pretty clear use case and that's been better adopted on Solana over the last few months uh, but actually multi-sig can cover uh, a lot more ground so basically any kind of and we call them you know on-chain assets they can go beyond you know tokens and NFTs that can actually be programs which is uh, kind of another relevant topic right now because majority of Solana programs well not majority but like the, the two options basically that are out there right now is it's either managed by a DAO through, you know, it's called governance and realms, um, or it's either managed through a ledger uh, individual key usually. And so having a ledger, is, it's a cold wallet, which is great, but it's still a single point of failure because it's just one key that controls the program. And the program can be, you know, a huge DeFi protocol with a lot of TVL, so stakes are pretty high. And then on the sort of governance side, it's it's great. Like SPL governance is, is, is tested and, and been around for a while. But it does mean that, you know, you, you essentially need to make that kind of transition to the DAO structure and decide, okay, we're ready to give up control, you know, over the program upgrades to, you know, the community. And, you know, depending on where you are and your sort of timeline, that cannot, that might not fit, right, at some point. So multi-sigs kind of, it would be a good solution in the middle. And essentially they, you know, allow at least, you know, core team to start controlling the, the, the protocol uh, upgrades, which is, which is kind of essential. Uh, the flow for this is pretty straightforward. It's uh, essentially, you know, you, you sort of load up the upgrade and the multi-sig votes whether, you know, they accept uh, the, the, the upgrade to go through. And if it does, the program on Solana, you know, is upgraded and essentially uh, sort of the changes that it was supposed to implement kind of go live. Um, and then on the kind of token side, we're seeing that just kind of very early, but the idea that, you know, you'd want to 
potentially as a multi-sig rather than as an individual to manage you know metadata of your nfts or to manage mint authority or, or of your you know token right and so the idea that um we're kind of exploring uh for sort of future iterations of squads is that you know you'll be able to launch um you know for instance your protocol uh you're kind of considering at some point to decentralize and definitely want to launch a token you can launch it directly from the multi-sig mint authority stays with it uh and then you know we can provide some nice tooling to allow to distribute those tokens to your sort of uh contributors your employees i mean it can be done through uh through streaming as we all know and so i think like it's definitely um another sort of dimension how you can leverage the multi-sig for like a different type of asset that you can manage so those like the main three ones that we identify which is like treasury tokens and programs and you know for now at squads we've been focusing on treasury and we're kind of making that push right now into programs and tokens will sort of come next um in our minds though like um a lot of this is really essential from a product perspective like you definitely need to think through it's it's not just about like putting it together it's a lot of this about making sure that you know the user flows are correct because multi-sigs like will have a bunch of developers on them that can really understand what's going on but then there can be like non-technical co-founders like me who would really enjoy you know nice visibility and transparency in terms of like what we're actually approving right now and so that's why like we always take our time to make sure that you know the user flows and the kind of product aspect of it is is just the right way so that essentially kind of fits you know all types of people that would be involved I'm fascinated by the program management side of it because uh, this is an area that I haven't heard discussed very much until I think recently a little bit with Soland. Uh, and this is, I think, something that a lot of users were not really aware of, this uh, upgradability of, of programs. Um, maybe could you outline a little bit the, the thought process there and maybe the risks and like, so how you think about the program, program upgradability? Definitely. I mean, like, it's uh, definitely a, a topic that I kind of understand from my from my perspective uh, of, of like a user, mostly. I think like if Sean, my co-founder was here, he definitely would be able to elaborate. But I really like this debate. I think it's really interesting because like I've been talking to a lot of teams over the last few months and kind of always thinking about it from a perspective of what we what do we do internally even with squads. But the general idea here is that, you know, Solana programs, I think majority of Solana programs or pretty much all of them, the ones you definitely interact with on a daily basis, they're all upgradable. So, you know, it can be audited, can be really secure, can be open source, but that, you know, the upgrade authority over the program remains with the, you know, core team. And essentially at the end of the day, like if, if the team is malicious, they can uh, upgrade the program in a way that, you know, user funds are actually transferred somewhere, right? Like even if there are no vulnerabilities in the current version of the program, they can ship a new one, which has them, right? And kind of benefits, you know, a malicious actor, for instance. So that's like a very interesting debate because like if you make a program upgradable, you're kind of exposed to that potential, you know, team malicious activity and you kind of have to still trust the team. And so like, you know, a, a good way to kind of, uh, you know, potentially establish that trust is like, you know, teams would raise from uh, like really established investors uh, that, you know, people also trust at the same time. Uh, and then, like the team would be really transparent, would be obviously um, uh, doxed and, and sort of disclosed. Like th those are aspects that um, can be looked at to kind of minimize that. And then on the other side, if you make a program non-upgradable, that means that no one can uh, potentially like the team. You're not exposed to that team risk, team risk, but you are exposed to the idea that like if there's a critical bug that's found uh, in the protocol, there's no way to, to to do anything with it, right? And so I think like. Um, it, it's, it's an interesting debate, which, um, from my experience talking to various teams on Solana, 
it's really like you know the, the, the opinions are kind of all over the place like some and i think like at the end of the day it kind of applies to just what kind of programs uh would you want to be uh upgradable and what, what kind you want, would to be non want to be non-upgradable but i think from like the multi-sig perspective for instance in the end like once we definitely like once we're really comfortable with the way you know our multi-sig is built and like we think it's it's kind of there which is not gonna like you know we always want to perfect it so i don't know if it's gonna happen anytime soon but ideally yeah i mean having a non-upgradable multi-sig is definitely uh, you know would be really beneficial i think for the ecosystem at the same time for such a young ecosystem which is always developing you know anchor framework is being developed all the time there is like so many so many new things that are kind of coming coming together so having a non-upgradable version uh i think today uh wouldn't really work uh, but i think like in, in general we're gonna hear a lot more um yeah just about how this works in, in my mind like um for now solana programs will remain upgradable just because you know we're all kind of developing together with the you know layer one that we're building on right and so i think like there, there's definitely some time gap before that happens, but eventually we'll get to the future where uh, some core programs will probably be non-upgradable some, sometime in the end. Do you think we'll also get to a place where there's a very established standard for upgradability? Maybe, you know, time locks for the before the upgrades take effect or, you know, I don't know, some kind of best practice that gives people a bit more protection or a bit more confidence that it can't just be kind of upgrade rugged or something <laughs> definitely i think like you know if you're at the dao level where you are you know like you know mango dao or uxd um i think at that point it's um well it's, it's much much safer when like essentially the governance is controlling the uh the program grades so i think like uh, i think spill governance has a has a time lock feature i'm not sure if uh if any of these protocols actually use it but definitely that's like when you're at the DAO stage, that's a much more comfortable situation because a lot more things are transparent at that stage. And, you know, a spill governance uh, instance controls the upgradability of a program, which which works really well. Um, but I do think that, like, kind of that inter intermediary step before you're a DAO, uh, I think, like, yeah, definitely establishing, you know, multi-sig as the standard to manage programs and upgrade them, I think that would definitely be, um, yeah, that would be the way to go. Um, so I think, like, we'll have to see how that plays out but i don't see a future where like we just abandon the idea i, I think in the end though it, it will be a multi-sig that will be um at least like you know you should have at least a multi-sig and probably like if you look at ethereum protocols uh, a lot of these like you know they're public like you can see like a link in the docs which points you to an safe where you can see that you know who's on the multi-sig and like it, it can become much more transparent and i think like another interesting sort of difference is that on ethereum a lot of DAOs and protocols like that are already much further along in the decentralization spectrum, they still rely on multi-sig. Like they don't transfer treasuries and uh, sort of program grades under governance. They still remain with the multi-sig, which we haven't seen much done on Solana right now. We're like very uh, sort of we're either fully centralized or fully decentralized in that in that level. But uh, I think we'll also see those cases uh, emerge in the you know in the coming months. Only because you mentioned it, mentioned uh, Nosis Safe. I'd love to just hear like your very brief take on how you would contrast squads against Gnosis Safe because I imagine that a lot of people will, will think of Gnosis Safe when they first um, learn about squads. Well, I think like the, the, the my kind of vision for this, like the, the tagline for Gnosis Safe is the most trusted platform on Ethereum to manage digital assets. And uh, I think that's the that's a great way to put it. Like, I think if anybody calls themselves Gnosis Safe of Solana today, it's um, it's a fundamentally flawed way to frame it just because 
Gnosis tape was around for, for a while. It's you know formally verified, multiple audits, open source, tested, and kind of went through a lot of um, you know, went through a lot of work before it actually became this kind of dominant standard. I think right now we're all uh, figuring out that perfect formula. There is a bunch of other solutions that are building multi-sigs and uh, everybody has their focus. Some uh, providers are trying to attract users through product saying, you know, we have a lot of these awesome features come for them. Uh, we're kind of approaching it from both product and protocol perspective. And I think like we're, you know, we'll share some more of these publicly of these updates publicly in the next few weeks, but we definitely are very ser serious about making squads the standard from a you know protocol perspective as well. Um, so for now, I think Gnosis Safe uh, isn't comparable, to be honest, to any of the Solana multi providers. But in our minds, we're getting much closer to uh, kind of achieve similar status on Solana. Yeah. The there's always a question about like how much of a moat do different teams have in their respective category on their on their respective chain, and I think that Gnosis Safe must be kind of the envy of most teams because they really have established like such a strong moat on the Ethereum side of of things. Um, it, it, I mean, you like you just got to give them a like a I don't know like a, a hand or something for for how well they've they've managed so many assets, which is impressive. Uh, it's a good example that they set. Yeah, so I mean, th th this does bring us to like what's coming for squads, what's in the pipeline, um, where are you, where are you guys heading? You were kind of alluding to that with, um, you know, that you've been focusing on treasury management, and now you have these new focuses coming. Could you share a little bit about how you evaluate the current status of squads, um, and then what you guys are focused on moving forward? Definitely, yeah. So you know, up to this point, we've been on mainnet for about four months. We're approaching some nice uh, metrics in terms of how many squads have been created, some nice round metrics. Uh, we're, we're just about getting to 2,500 squads deployed on mainnet. Um, it's, you know, the, the users are really like wide ranging. There's, uh, you know, teams that are building, you know, DeFi protocols. There's uh, teams that, you know, are doing, like th there's some established DAOs like Grape that are relying on squads. Um, and then there's like a lot of, uh, NFT communities that you know transition to the multi-sig early on and, and really like stay with us and like uh, the product that we built for them, um, and then there's a lot of sort of private multi-sigs which we don't really like. We don't really understand uh, where exactly they're coming from, but it's clearly you know groups of uh, you know potential co-investors or people that want to do self-custody together, um, just relying on the multi-sig uh, which we commend them uh, for. And I think like th that's yeah that's been kind of remarkable to watch. Um, moving forward, though, um, our kind of idea is to, on the product side, to expand the features that we have right now from treasure management to go to uh, program management and token management in the, I think, yeah, in, in the coming weeks and, and months. Um, and uh, that that will kind of, we'll be sharing more on that, but I think like that program management seems to be essential and we kind of worked out, um, you know, very interesting sort of user flow, how to manage them and, and make it kind of really transparent and efficient uh, for teams. And general approach to squads today and moving forward for us is we want it to become, you know, part of the workflow tooling stack for Web3 native teams, right? Like you're coming to build something on Solana, you set up, I don't know, uh, Jira, Slack, and you have a squad. And the squad is, is just a convenient way to manage your on-chain assets in one place as a team. So I think like that's how we're seeing it from a product perspective. And then from the sort of protocol perspective, um, up until now, um, we kind of been really diligent with, you know, the code that we have. It's been, you know, audited by Neodyme. It's been open source from day one. 
uh, sorry, not from there, I think from a week since launch, we, we open sourced it just, just after. Um, and I think like right now though, we do want to focus a lot more on building out the protocol side, like have a, you know, essentially a developer community formed around um, that actually wants to build things on top of the standard that we have. And for that purpose, we reworked our standard uh, quite significantly, which we will be kind of sharing some more information very soon. But the idea that we do want our mobile six standard to be like very agnostic, very robust, um, and kind of be there um, as like a very, you know, as a very minimal uh, piece of code that anyone can easily review and take a look. Uh, it will be obviously audited multiple times. And uh, we're kind of trying to figure out what's that perfect formula to make sure that, you know, we solidify squads multisig as the standard for the ecosystem on the multisig front and eventually hopefully see, you know, the emergence of projects uh, similar that like Gnosis Safe has that actually built on top of the standard and like leverage the multisig that we have uh, to kind of build some awesome products on top, which, uh, yeah, I mean, we're pretty excited about, but I don't think we're there yet. And in terms of comparing the product that's being developed in-house versus what you imagine other teams could build on on top i mean this is very speculative but like if we think years ahead do you see like more opportunity for what could be built on top or do you see more opportunity for what the team can build and ship internally well i mean like it really um it really depends on what the team wants to do and like what their strong suits are right if they're like trying to build an application that they want to like target at consumers and essentially they want it to be you know yeah essentially if the the uh, value capture right happens at the application layer and you kind of want to sell this like nice looking app that does something for for, for the users like for instance you can actually build like an individual wallet on top of a multi-sig right and have i think there's a project like that on ethereum where you have like three keys and each of them is stored in a different place uh, and it kind of allows you to, to potentially recover your, your assets um, and kind of making it a bit more user-friendly to non-Web3 natives, right? So like that's an example where I don't think that if I would come to build that, I would care uh, like, you know, which uh, standard do I use as long as it's like safe, secure, and like why would I want to build my own, right? So I think like it really depends on what you're trying to do. Uh, I think building multiple multi-sig standards and marketing them um, you know, we're seeing that on Solana right now, right? Like there's a bunch of multi-six standards that are emerging, each has their own focus, and we'll see what comes out of it. Maybe we'll have a reverse uh, that Ethereum has where Ethereum has one standard and a lot of products on top. Maybe we'll have a lot of standards, but then we'll have like an aggregator product on top of them that kind of allows you to have like, you know, you stream through your Streamflow multi-sig, you manage your programs through Squads multi-sig, you, I don't know, interact with, with other multi-sigs for different reasons. I think like that could be a way to, uh, that, that could actually be a way it can play out. Like we don't really know. Uh, but I think like both have um, room to develop. And I think like there's definitely opportunities can be found in on both on both levels. Yeah, nice, I totally agree. And it'll be interesting to see how that plays out for a lot of different teams to see, you know, whether, whether we get those really consumer focused teams building like mobile apps directly, which we can talk a bit more about SMS in a little bit. Um, but yeah, we'll, we'll have to see how that plays out. I'd love to get your take on DAOs and governance in general on Solana, especially as you said, you, you've been in the game for one year now. How has the DAO tooling space sort of evolved in that one year? Uh, what's your evaluation of it right now, and how do you see it sort of in going forward? Yeah, I think it, 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 it's it's a massive development, right? Like we when we started, there wasn't any governance related tooling on Solana at all, um, and I think it's um, it's an amazing sort of effort by many teams 
out there that like actually brought it to a place where it's today. Um, it's, I think a big, like, uh, you know, definitely Sebastian uh, from Solana, Sebastian Bohr, who built a spell governance. Like he, I think he made a massive contribution that from that perspective, but like we now have like a dominant governance standard on Solana that teams can rely on to actually set up their DAO structures, like similar to what, you know, compound Bravo, Bravo on, on Ethereum uh, has done for the ecosystem. I think that's like of, of, of similar magnitude. And uh, recently sort of Iman has joined them on the product side and we can see already some results uh, that again, the realms the product has on top, uh, which I think is awesome as well. So definitely like that's been a huge development. We've been kind of excited to work on, alongside those guys and kind of see how they develop this, this aspect. Um, I think there's also some interesting development in the, uh, in, from, from the standpoint that like Mango as a DeFi protocol kind of bootstrapped that at some point early on. Uh, which I think is pretty awesome as well, uh, kind of similar to what Compound did again. Uh, and, and it's nice to see that like, you know, their efforts kind of resulted in this whole, you know, governance standard that we're seeing today. Um, yeah, I mean, there is also, obviously on the multi-sig front, as we discussed, there's a lot of development. Uh, I think we're going to see some more interesting wrappers from a product side on top of SPL governance, like we've seen with Nation, uh, which is sort of like a, you know, crowdfunding product on top, uh, similar to what like, um, Juicebox does on uh, on Ethereum, and I think like we're going to see a lot more of those. But in general, like it's um, you know we can proudly say now that we have a DAO ecosystem on Solana, and like a year ago there wasn't any DAOs. So I think like that's definitely a fantastic effort, and I think a lot of it also had to do with um, the emergence of NFT communities, right? Like a lot of them were pioneers uh, in kind of bringing the DAO movement to to Solana, like Monkey DAO, obviously is uh, uh, were like a, in my mind like a first real uh, kind of social slash community DAO uh, that we've seen, and they still like you know continue executing and delivering. So I think that's also great to see. Um, yeah. So in general, yeah, I, I am really excited about where we got so far, and I think like now we're at the stage where a lot of the primitives and protocols have been built, uh, and seeing some awesome products that like uh, help DAO uh, kind of contributors uh, and DAO participants in general to have a better experience um, within the organization, like are gonna pop up. Like I've seen the um, uh, Lighthouse demo uh, in Athens when we were at the Hacker House. Uh, it seems great. Like it, it kind of allows you to uh, reward contributors in a, in, a, in a convenient fashion. I think like as we kind of see more of that, um, I'm, I'm really excited to kind of work with those teams and see how we can integrate, but also just like um, be a user uh, as, as being a member of a bunch of those. Yeah, just touching on one point there, like uh, I think, I don't know the exact cutoff, cutoff point when it was, but there was a point in time on Solana where we had many, many governance tokens and no way of actually doing governance or like very, very rudimentary governance. So it has been a real delight to see the space come forward and, you know, and, and seeing teams that are really actually actively daily using governance. And I hope that in the future we'll have like a really dominant stack that that teams can feel really confident in just spinning up a stack, you know, in a couple of days and then they've got everything that they need to, to execute. Um, I'd love to hear a bit about your thoughts on the recent SMS announcement from last week from Solana Labs. Do you have a take there? Definitely. Yeah. I mean, I, I, um, I had some ideas what it could be. I talked to some people that I shared some ideas with some people who might have known some slightly more than me. And they said, like, you're, you're completely wrong. You're not, you don't even know what it's going to be. <laughs> you, you can't even imagine. Um, and so, yeah, I mean, I think it's awesome. Like, I, and, and I'm also interested that. Like I've seen only mostly positive takes from not just the Solana ecosystem, but from a lot of my sort of friends and like Ethereum community members are like being really excited and really like 
um, kind of supporting this idea that it, it sort of bootstraps mobile development for Web3 in like a very interesting way. Uh, so I am really interested to see how that's going to play out. I think it's like, it's a lot of work, but it also, in my mind, like gets a whole other group of people that were not like thinking about Web3 as much really excited and gives them sort of these kind of, you know, rails to to enter the, you know, Web3 ecosystem, which I think is, is fantastic. Like, I think I'm already seeing a lot of that happening on Twitter, like people actually saying like, I'm going to, I'm going to transition and try things out. So I think from that perspective, that's awesome. From the squad's perspective, um, it also is really interesting because, uh, you know, it kind of allows us to start thinking about mobile in a more profound way uh, earlier, right? And so we're, as many teams on Solana right now, are thinking now a lot more about our mobile strategy and how we want to approach this. That also kind of coincides nicely with the sort of XNFT and backpack um, announcement that Armani did, uh, which we're also really excited about. So I think like the, the mobile push um, seems like I wouldn't have guessed and I probably like wouldn't have thought of that, but um, it now like in sort of in retrospect seems a very natural you know, frontier to tackle next after what you know the Solana team has done. A hundred percent. Yeah. I mean, especially considering Anatoly's like pedigree, but at the same time, like it's something that people have been crying out for, for such a long time and there hasn't really been good solutions so far. I mean, there is, you know, some of the centralized uh, exchanges have nice applications and, you know, some teams have nice websites and Phantom released re recently released uh, on, on mobile, which has been a big improvement already. I remember trying to mint NFTs last year. And you had to take your desktop or your, your laptop around to the restaurant or something to, to mint successfully. Um, so, you know, we've already come a long way, but yeah, it's, it's, it is going to be super, super exciting um, to see like, yeah, how Saga works and, and to see what teams can build with SMS. And as you said, Backpack is also super exciting. If, if listeners haven't heard about that, then definitely um, check out Armani's Twitter. Uh, it's a really interesting um, initiative that they're working on there. Yeah, so a lot to be excited about really. And I, I can also imagine that, um, you know, having a multi-sig and being able to use it very conveniently when you're on the run, uh, when you're, you know, on the move will also be key because if we're voting on as a multi-sig, you know, um, participant, if you're voting very often, then absolutely you want to be doing it from your phone. Yeah. So very exciting stuff. Just generally, like if you really sort of zoom out to the whole crypto space, you know, obviously we had a, a big, I mean, this isn't a trading podcast, but we had a big run up in the last year and now it's it's um, all a bit more quiet and there's a lot of building going on. Um, any any key takeaways for you as we're sort of entering into this building phase? Any any key learnings from the last the last cycle? Um, I think the, the key learning is is that um, there's like a good time, um, you know, like the, 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 the timing is everything in many ways. And that's kind of what we learned. Right. And so like there was a good time at some point to raise then there was a good time to build traction now it's a good time to build as well as doing other things obviously but like it, it does seem like the the market kind of directs you in, in the right way for what kind of fits the current situation uh which is you know has been kind of remarkable to see um on my kind of macro take is that like you know it's it's definitely um very uncertain right now but on the in particularly like in, in the in web3 space it does seem pretty clear, like if everyone is kind of freaking out and like, you know, markets are down, things aren't doing really well, we still like know that there's so much stuff to build. There's so much infrastructure to to develop and there's just so much to do. So I think everyone in the space has like, you know, very clear understanding of what they're doing. So to, to my mind, actually, the Web3 community seems to be 
fairly on point and kind of focused, which is great to see. And like we've been, you know, we're also using this opportunity to just talk to more teams because like they're start, starting to look inwards a lot more uh, and thinking, okay, what's our OPSEC setup? Like how are we dealing with, you know, managing our treasury, how are we managing our programs and other things. And so I think like, it's definitely the right time to start talking to um, those teams and communities because now it's like a lot of them are thinking about, you know, what can they improve internally to prepare like for the next round. So I think that that's also an opportunity, but obviously yeah, some, some people had a bad time with the markets and I hope like they, you know, um, they, they do well next time. But I think like in general, it's, uh, um, it's a good time to build as you said. Yeah, I, I agree. I mean, what I'm seeing in the groups I'm in on Twitter is there is like a palpable excitement and energy amongst teams that are, that are set up, um, that are operate for a long time. Um, so. Yeah, and, and this is the beauty of, of this cycle versus the previous one is, you know, everyone or a lot of teams, I shouldn't say everyone, but a lot of teams have like a war chest that they can use to keep on building and keep on working on and, and building out their, their project. Um, so it bodes well for the consumer, I think, in the end. Yeah, I totally agree. I think like it's been, yeah, it, it's been a good year, uh, sort of last year to uh, get some right partners on board and kind of get enough funds there to actually you know, survive the, the winter. So I think, yeah, if you, if your team done that relatively well, I think, um, you know, it, it's a good time to prepare for the next bull run, you know, whenever it comes uh, with like, yeah, enough resources. Usually is. Yeah. And make sure that you're managing your stuff well with, with squads. Um, <laughs> so <laughs> then I think we're, we're hitting time here. Um, Stefan, do you want to just share a bit where people can find out more about squads and yourself? Definitely, yeah. You can find us on on Twitter. On sort of, uh, we're trying to 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 do as much content as possible that kind of allows us to be transparent and kind of showing what we're doing uh, on a weekly basis. Uh, so definitely reach out to us on Twitter, join our Discord, and uh, yeah, read our Medium blog, which is uh, yeah usually populated on you know at least twice a week. Awesome, good stuff. Then thanks so much for coming on and uh, wishing you and the team good luck as you're as you're building out the vision. Thank you. Thanks so much for, for doing this. It's been, it's been great. I hope you enjoyed this episode. If you liked it, make sure you subscribe to the podcast on your favorite podcast app. Leave us a review if you're feeling generous. And I'd also like to give a brief reminder that nothing said on the podcast is financial advice. My views are my own. And when navigating crypto, remember that you are responsible for your own assets and always do your own research.